Welcome to the Performance Podcast with Melissa Kender, where I'm here to help you stay strong and last long in your athletic endeavors. There's no running topic too broad or lifting topic too heavy that we won't cover. So if you're looking to get fitter, faster, stronger, then this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Melissa, certified functional strength coach, personal trainer, running coach, hybrid athlete with a no BS approach to fitness, creating unfiltered conversations around fitness topics that can be somewhat messy. And the answer is often, it depends. Welcome back to another episode of the Performance Podcast with moi. Today, we're going to be briefly delving into body composition, the benefits of weight training in specific ways for your goals and fitness level, and body recomp for endurance athletes. Now, genetics play a huge role in our life with our performance and body composition, but so does hard work. Genetics without hard work is potential left on the table, and we want to reach our potential or at least maximize our results. Now, weight training does wonders for your body composition and overall health, no matter what age you are and what sport you may be into. Body composition refers to the percentage of muscle, fat, and bone in your body. And body recomposition is the process of improving body composition. In other words, it's when someone wants to lose fat and gain muscle. Another way to look at it is that body recomposition aims to increase the proportion of lean body mass to fat mass ratio, which really comes down to your training regimen and nutrition. There is also no ideal ratio of macronutrients for body recomposition. Again, calories are the primary regulators of body weight, and protein is key. If there's anything we can gather from clinical studies, it's that most active gym goers fare best on a balanced, a well-balanced diet with generous amounts of protein. And you don't need to eliminate carbohydrates or food groups, any food groups altogether at all, or follow some fad diet, nor should you want to when you're trying to gain muscle or lose fat. Carbohydrates are protein-sparing molecules, and they actually augment the muscle-building effects of protein-rich diets. Having carbs in your diet will not only benefit the body recomposition process, and if you are an endurance athlete, it should be a non-negotiable. But we're going to jump back to all this body composition and body recomping a bit later in the episode in regards to endurance athletes. So first, weight training. At a cellular level, it has so many benefits. It increases motor neuron excitability which is critical for neuron survival. And just for terminology, motor neurons are cells in the brain and spinal cord that allow us to move, speak, swallow, breathe by sending commands from the brain to the different muscles in the body that carry out these functions. So it is extremely important for every aspect of our life. Weight training also improves motor unit synchronization, which helps increase your muscles rate of force development. This process causes the contraction of muscles that will cause the development of the force at a faster rate. But as a trainer, I routinely get asked if all weight training exercises are created equal or if one method or exercise is more effective than others. The answer is both simple and complicated and ultimately, like many things in fitness, it depends. Not all exercises are really created equal and it depends on you individually. For instance, your training history, goals, injury backgrounds, and more. We can look at each individual exercise and explain why it is beneficial and why one may be more beneficial for you than another and vice versa. But there are so many factors to consider, which include the structure of your workout and the sequence of exercises, 
the duration and number of sets and reps for each exercise, your current specific goals, right? Because listen, your goals can change, especially if you're a hybrid athlete. Sometimes you'll be more running focused and sometimes more lifting focused. Also proper technique, your current performance level. So whether you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced lifter, or maybe you're just new to a certain type of exercise. So meeting yourself where you're currently at. Also your primary sport of choice, whether your workouts are solely health focused, which is absolutely amazing, or maybe if you are a runner, a cyclist, a bodybuilder, and things like that. Now, there's a lot to unpack, but as someone who lifts weights, these factors need to be considered to determine whether the exercises you are doing are superior to others and good for you and your goals. For example, practicing the clean and jerk or even just a barbell clean is a dynamic explosive exercise that is encouraged for many athletes. But if you're a senior who's just trying to lift weights and reverse the signs of osteoporosis, the clean and jerk is not really necessary. Focusing more on exercises like the squat, bridges, overhead presses would be more appropriate. This is just one of the many scenarios where not all weight training exercises are created equal because it really depends on the individual and their goals. Another example and consideration is whether you want to lift to build muscle and just have physique goals or whether you want to weight train to maintain as much muscle as possible improve your strength and reduce your risk of injuries, such as for distance running or someone training for a marathon. With different goals in mind, not all exercises are truly created equal. In this scenario, the runner will likely incorporate supplemental exercises that a bodybuilder may not need, but is necessary for a runner to help ensure that they won't get injured, they run with power, and run with efficiency. A runner wants to lift heavy, and I can't stress that enough, but also doesn't need to worry about hitting a PR on, say, a bench press like a bodybuilder would. But on the flip side, a bodybuilder typically isn't going to do all these single leg stability exercises and more explosive moves that directly improve running efficiency and running power. We should also address the difference in machines and free weights. Again, the answer can be complicated and based on the individual but the use of free weights tends to be more effective than the use of machines in regards to a performance standpoint. And here's why. Dumbbells, kettlebells, barbell, and other free weight pieces of equipment are what you need if you want to manipulate the weight to train for stability, performance, core health, and other avenues in weight training. Now, in no way am I discrediting machines at all. They are extremely convenient, extremely beneficial, and overall machines are designed with stability and support in mind. I've used them with certain clients in the past, and if you are rehabbing an injury, machines will probably play a huge role in your workout routine. But for someone who is healthy, more mobile, looking to improve your performance, free weight exercises are normally a better option, which is why a lot of my, pro my commit programs primarily use free weights. Think about it like this. Adding 50 pounds to your barbell squat will look and feel a lot different from adding 50 pounds onto your leg press machine. In both situations, you've gotten stronger in your quads, but overall total body strength is way more enhanced when you've added more weight to the barbell or dumbbells because more muscle groups are required for that exercise. Also, hitting the foundational and functional movement patterns is key and you want to master multiple movements and movement patterns in different planes of motion, ideally for a complete, symmetrical, and well-developed physique, as well as to improve your performance. 
These movement patterns work the entire body and build functional strength in core movements, and they help you become a strong, athletic, healthy human. So these are basic movements that the human body can perform, and all other exercises within them are merely variations of these. So we have the squat, hinge, push, and we want to make sure we're pushing vertically and horizontally. We have pull, again, vertical and horizontal, lunge, rotational movements, and then locomotion or gait and carry, whatever you want to call it, but think moving your body through space with smooth stability and control. When performing all these movements, you'll be able to stimulate all the major muscle groups in your body. But remember, not all exercises that mimic these specific patterns may be right for every single person. For example, there are so many squat variations, and if you start out with the wrong squat variation for your body type, for your skill level, for your injury history or goals, you can wind up even more banged up than when you started, or maybe burnt out, or you just kind of give up on your fitness journey, which I actually do see a lot. So I'll give an example. If you're a runner not training sports specifically for exercises, you can maybe not progress well. Or maybe if you're a beginner at fitness and someone puts you on like a barbell back squat, you can get super injured. So remember, regressions and progressions are key. Now, a question I get so much is body recomposition as an endurance athlete. Now, body composition, again, refers to the percentage of muscle, bone, fat ratio in your body. Assuming this person runs or bikes a lot and wants to maintain or build muscle during this process. Now, having a solid strength training routine and having a hold on your nutrition is so key. But first, sports performance is highly dependent on health and skill-related components of fitness, such as power, speed, agility, reaction time, balance, and including body composition coordination in addition to the athlete's technique and level. And yes, if you are a recreational runner, if you are in the gym lifting weights, you are an athlete. We may not be elite athletes, but we are still athletes. All fitness components depend on body composition to some extent. Overall, your weight doesn't tell you the whole story for you as an endurance athlete. Understanding body composition and its impact on performance is important, is an important step in optimizing your training and racing. I said it before and I'll say it again, I really don't recommend any endurance athlete be in a caloric deficit. Rather, if you focus on incorporating certain aspects into your training, such as strength training, prioritizing nutrition and protein, recovery, sleep, then over time, your body composition will change and improve. Now, depending on your goals and current body composition, improving your lean to fat tissue ratio can be a long process. It can even take multiple years to reach your optimal body composition, so to speak. Literally months and years. That's why consistency is key in trusting the process. Our bodies are literally always constantly adapting, changing, growing, and our hormones, and depending on the stage of life we're in, play a huge role. So we need to trust the process and learn to enjoy the process. And really, when we focus on performance-based goals, everything else just falls into place. As opposed to being focused on body composition day in and day out, athletes should approach body composition from a long-term perspective. It is an individual process and varies from person to person, and there is no defined number for any given height or any given athlete. Despite all the variations, every person can actively improve their own body composition 
by being disciplined with their nutrition, sticking to a structured training plan, and maintaining balance. If you have found your fitness game changer, if you enjoy the process, if you fuel and hydrate your body accordingly, then adaptations happen naturally over time. The combination of these things will lead to improved performance as well. Now, to improve your body composition and to avoid losing muscle mass, because listen, muscle is what gives you strength, power, and a defined physique, you need to focus on proper nutrition, carbs, fats, protein, and micronutrients. A balanced diet, and diet being the food you consume, proportionate to the work you plan on completing as an endurance athlete, which allows you to productively maintain your training load. So you want to still feel good. This means optimizing how much you eat and what you eat on both recovery days and big training days. Restrictive dieting on training days or even recovery days can hinder the productivity of future workouts and your training plan as a whole and can hinder your body composition. Remember, you need to eat to fuel your body and you need to eat to maintain muscle. And depending where you're at in your current training cycle, eating patterns will change just as your training plan and volume changes depending on your performance goals. Serious athletes paradise their nutrition just like they do their training and adjust their eating to the demands of their training as well. Throughout the season or throughout the training cycle, this will consistently include eating a variety of high-quality nutritious foods that continuously balance the workload that you complete. And just taking myself for an example, I'm currently training for a marathon. So in this cycle, each week my mileage varies and my total running volume is increasing as the marathon gets closer. So my nutrition demands are increasing along with that to maintain a healthy body and to maintain muscle. For example, yesterday I had a 14 and a half mile long run in my marathon training cycle and I made sure to eat, I think it was nearly 3,000 calories and I am tracking my protein now so that I can maintain muscle mass as well as have appropriate recovery. And I think I ate about 167 grams of protein total. So if you are a runner and looking to improve your muscle to fat ratio, you need to eat and need to strength train. That being said, endurance athletes do have a different relationship with carbohydrates than other athletes do. Because many endurance athletes will and do need carbs for fuel and they burn high amounts of carbs during their workouts. So it's super important to consume carbs while training. And an athlete striving to build or maintain muscle mass and perform well wants to integrate an appropriate amount of carbohydrates into their diet. In terms of the amount of carbs needed to adequately, adequately fuel your workouts, researchers have referenced a theoretical limit of about 60 to 90 grams of carbs every hour during endurance exercises. Now, this is definitely beneficial and key for marathon training. And as for the right amount of carbohydrates you should be taking in outside of the workouts, it's recommended to add more carbs during your pre-workout meals and paying close attention to your rate of perceived exertion during your workouts. You'll know you're on the right track with nutrition when you're able to increase carb consumption without increasing, say, body fat, and your RPE or rate of perceived exertion becomes lower for the same workouts. So you're becoming more efficient and you're gaining fitness. Overall, depending on your goals and your current body composition, improving your lean muscle to fat tissue ratio can be a very long process. So you need to remain consistent, continue to put in the hard work, trust the process, and also learn to enjoy the process and what your body is truly capable of.
When you learn to love your body at every age and stage in your life, your body just becomes a byproduct of your hard work, which is truly awesome to see. Personally, I know my body has changed over the years just as a byproduct of staying consistent with the movement that I enjoy and making sure that I'm fueling myself appropriately. And despite all the different variations, every person can actively improve their own body composition by being disciplined with their nutrition, sticking to a structured strength training plan, and maintaining balance. Again, the combination of these things will lead to improved performance as well. So despite all the different variations, every person can actively improve their own body composition by being disciplined with their nutrition, sticking to a structured strength training plan alongside your cross training, and maintaining balance. Again, the combination with all these things will lead to improved performance as well, which is just super cool to see. And I'm going to end with saying this one more time. Genetics play a huge role in our life with our performance, our strengths and weaknesses and body composition, but so does hard work, dedication, and commitment. Genetics without hard work is potential left on the table, and we want to reach our potential and not leave anything on the table. So put in the hard work, set some hard goals, and commit to doing something hard and commit to yourself. Thank you for listening to the Performance Podcast with Melissa Kender. And to everyone listening, share this episode of the show, leave a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps. And thank you again. You can find me on all areas of social, and I look forward to chatting with you guys next time.